0: All right, so we're going to start Hosea chapter 13 verses 1 through 8 today. And so hopefully you guys have enjoyed going through the book of Hosea. I know there's times in it for about the last three or four chapters it's basically been doom and gloom. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the Bible is doom and gloom. But it's only because man sins and doesn't do what God tells him to do. It's kind, of like, it's kind of like our children. When they disobey us, things aren't so good for them. And yet, exactly the same way with the Israelites. And so, there are 12 minor prophets, which Hosea is one of those. And each one shows an emphasis of some type on the second coming of Christ. That's why most people, and that's why Satan, do not want us to read these books. Because if you want to study the details of the second coming, everybody runs to Revelation, which is good, or to Daniel, which is good, but you have got to go to the minor prophets or the major prophets to get those other details. And you've got to be diligent in seeking them out, and in the middle of, a lot of doom and gloom, God will give you some golden nuggets that will just make your day. Okay? So Hosea will put the emphasis on the restoration of Israel. That's why it's one of the first books that's listed in our Bible, too, because God wants us to know that his emphasis is really on the restoration and the redemption of Israel and that his son will come back and sit on the throne and rightfully be the heir of his kingdom, okay? And so, uh, let me get to uh, Hosea. Hosea chapter 13, and let's just read 1 through 8, and then we're going to back up and see what we can break out of it. It says, uh, again, Hosea 13, verse 1, When Ephraim spake trembling... He exalted himself in Israel, but when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more, and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding, all of it the work of the craftsmen. They say of them, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud." And as the early dew that passeth away, as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney, yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior besides me. Now in the middle of this doom and gloom, all of a sudden this verse gets popped in there. Let me read it again. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, And thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. Verse 5, I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. According to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion and as a leopard by the way will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps and will rend the call of their heart and there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. So here we have in this this chapter, he basically says that the people of Israel have forgotten him. They're kind of like us Now, I don't know if you've ever been like me, but I, I know there's been times in my life, probably when I was a lot younger, when I said, oh Lord, I'm in a mess, I, I have a trouble, I'm in trouble, and if you'll just get me out of this mess, I'll read my Bible, <laughs> or I'll come to church Sunday, or I'll do what's right. Do you ever do that yourself? Lord, just help me out of this mess right here, and, and I'll just serve you. Well, Israel did that, but then they forgot him when things got good. And then same way, like I said, you know, if you make a deal with God, you better follow through with it. Because there's a lot of people that will say that prayer. Oh, God, help fix this problem I'm in, and then I'll serve you. And then God helps them out of that problem, and then what do they do? They forget who God is. They just, oh, man, did did God help me out of that problem? I mean... I've done that in my past. What's that? I don't know that they even
1: that Problem, and then they go on the
0: way. Yeah, they they move on. I don't know that they asked. And you know what? Did God help me? That's just that's just nature. That's a sinful man's nature. Yeah. Okay. And but but if you don't, and that's exactly what Israel did. They they got in the land. I started reading the book of Joshua in my in my own reading, and I'm like, here they are, they're going into the land, they're defeating giants, they're doing all this stuff, and I finish the book of Joshua, and I'm getting to go into Judges, and just a short time, after Joshua is has died, they we go into Judges, and what happens in Judges? They go down the tubes, they forget who God is. So here we are in the book of Hosea, some, you know, uh, I don't know how, probably... 800 years after Joshua and yet they're still in a state where they have basically forgotten God and then it comes back to the question how long will God let a nation go before he yanks their chain how long will a people grow how long will I go before God yanks my chain you know and, and I've seen that I've seen that with with pastors they go so far and when they are not doing what God wants, there's a time in their life where their sin will find them out, or God will yank their chain back. And I've always wanted to know that the answer to that, because I want to make sure I don't get that far. You know, it's like that bulldog at the end of the chain that runs out after you, and he gets to the end of that chain, and what happens? Bang! It just. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be like that. I think that would probably hurt. But anyway, here we have Israel disobeying God all the way through these 10 northern tribes which is about 280 years and they go into captivity. So I'm thinking the United States, it's 2022, right? Mm-hmm. And our country was founded when? 1776. 1776. Yeah. Okay, so let's do my math. 11 minus 7 is 4. And 2,000 minus, is that three? No. Okay, so it's two. 246 years?
1: Yeah.
0: Our country has been a country for 246 years. How far is God going to let us go? Mm-hmm. He let the nation of Israel, the ten northern tribes, go about 280. And he yanked their chain. Maybe four
1: more years. No, I, don't
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I have a feeling with all the things that are going on in the world today, you know, you hear these doomsday preachers, you know, like some of these guys are real, I don't want to call them, I used to call them just kind of hardcore, but, you know, the, the turn or burn type guys. go. You know, the reason we have all these problems is because uh, our churches aren't preaching the word of God. Homosexuality is wrong. And just go through abortion is, and go through the list. In essence, I don't know if I would be as strong as they are, but you know what? They have a point. How far is God going to let a sinful nation go before he yanks their chain? And so we do need to read books like Hosea. In fact, but the problem is the people that need to know the truth in, in the in the Bible, like the book of Hosea, they're not the ones reading it. It's his church that's reading it, okay? And so we're going to look at some of Ephraim's evil ways today. We're just going to look at it. Uh, Point number one on your handout says, Ephraim's evil ways. Because he's talking about Ephraim, verse 1. When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended in Baal, he died. So again, who is Ephraim? The northern
1: tribes.
0: The northern tribes. Okay. The northern tribes. So... Under A, it says in your handout, once Israel did obey God, when, when the nation of Israel went into the promised land with Joshua, these guys were obeying, was obeying God. God established them. But, you know, even, we're going to talk about that in our next step. Uh, with the two kings here. So at one time, Israel did obey God, and they feared Him. So turn over in your Bible to Deuteronomy 17. And again, Deuteronomy is the book right before they go into the, uh, the land with Joshua. Deuteronomy 17, and verse 12 through 13, says, See if I have the right passage here. It says, And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister there, for there before the Lord thy God or unto the judge, even that man shall die, and thou shalt put away evil from Israel. And all the people shall hear and fear and do more presumptuously. So they're basically said in this passage, if there's anybody in, in, in the nation here that's not obeying the priest, not obeying the word of God, you we're supposed to take that guy out and kill him. And why did, was that so? Because God wanted it stopped right there. He wanted them to be an example for the rest of them. You know, today in our country, and somebody murders somebody, we slap their hands, put them in jail for a few years. If they'd take them out and shoot them between the eyes in front of national TV, there, other people would probably stop and think about that before they did the same thing. So in the, that may be harsh, but in, in God's Word, when you disobeyed God to a certain degree, you were to be killed. And, and then you were also to be cure, killed when you started to serve idols or you wanted to serve a false god. What did it say in the Old, in the old Testament back in Deuteronomy and, and in the Judges? If somebody does that, you take them and kill them. Because if you, if you go after those gods, it's going to destroy you. So God would do like Barney 5 used to say. He's going to nip it in the bud right at the beginning. Okay. And so there was one time when they feared God, okay? And so, turn over to Joshua. This is the next book over. Joshua chapter 24. And we're going to look at 14 and 15 of Joshua. Who wants to read that for me? Verse 14 and 15. <clears throat>
1: Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in, and in truth, sir. <clears throat> and put away the gods which your fathers served on the on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the God. The Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will
0: serve the Lord. All right. So it said in the verse fourteen. Now, therefore, first thing right off that passage that Rex read was, "Fear the Lord." Okay, reverence it, obey the Lord. I mean, we need to have a good respect of who the Lord is, because it's the Lord that can either give us life or give us death. Right. And so, you know, fearing is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, the fear of heights. I have that fear of heights. Anybody in here have the fear of heights? Okay. Some people don't have the fear of heights and they just walk right over. And people go to the Grand Canyon and, and, and there's several, I don't know how, I wanted to say hundreds, I don't know the amount, but there is a lot of people that go to the Grand Canyon and walk over to the edge and then fall off. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, there's a lot. They, that's why they put up the, you know, the, the fence and the, and the barricades, and they go, don't go past this spot. But what do you, people do? They go over there, and they get on the outside of it, and they look over. Oh, yeah. And those what do you bottom think? things? <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. So there, it, it's good to have a fear of heights. Yeah. Okay? Sometimes it may not be good, but, but there's a reason God gives you a fear of heights. It's so you don't kill, get killed. But there is a good reason to fear the Lord because He is the Lord. Mm-hmm. And His word will go forth. So fear goes in your first blank. They feared God. I don't know if you'd picked that up yet or not. But they feared God. And then they obeyed God. Okay. And so again, we're, in, we're right there in Deuteronomy. We're going to bounce right back to it again. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9. Is it
1: obeyed or obeyed?
0: obeyed? I put obeyed.
1: E.D.?
0: Yes. Yeah, Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9. says, To keep therefore the words of this covenant. You know our church makes a really big deal about the words of God. It says, Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them, that ye may prosper in all that ye do. Now if you want another cross reference there, go to Joshua one eight, which basically says the same thing. But go back to Deuteronomy chapter eleven, I'm going to give you one more reference. It's it's written out in your handout, but it's Deuteronomy 11, 25. says, There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon, as he hath said unto you, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. So at one time they obeyed God's words. Okay? And then they had God's word of protection. Because they had to obey his words. If they didn't obey God's words, then God would take his protection off of them, which they're getting ready to see in the book of Hosea. But turn over to Joshua again. I know we've been bouncing back and forth. Joshua chapter 1, and let's read 1 through 9. I think I've probably read that way back at the beginning of, of Hosea when we started this book. And I want you to think about just the protection that God gives these people. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people into the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place... "...the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast." And get verse 5, "...and thou, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life." As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto the fathers to give unto them. Now, I wanted to go to nine. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to what? To do... According to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it from the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to, again, what's it say? To do according to all that is written therein for then. Catch that. They had to do something before. before god would for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success have not i commanded thee be strong and have a good courage be not afraid neither be dismayed for the lord thy god is with thee whithersoever thou goest but they had to do something in order to stay in in god's good graces Okay, So they had to fear the Lord, they had to obey the Lord, and when they did, they had God's protection. That's what goes in your next blank, if I haven't given it to you. They had God's word of protection. So we look at that and we're like, what in the world is wrong with these Israelites? Because he says, if they would just obey him, then this is what he will do. And yet, I look in my own life, and I look at the promises that God gives me, and I take them for granted, or I throw them down. I better learn from these guys. We better learn from these guys, okay? And so once Israel did obey God, but now, in Hosea, it says, they serve Baal, And what happens when they serve Baal? Well, let's go back and look at it. It says something happens to them. In Baal chapter 13 of Hosea, they're talking about Ephraim, he died. And again, Baal is the same thing as worshipping Satan. Baal is a representation of Satan himself. All these false gods, I don't care who they say they're worshipping, they're worshipping Satan. Okay, So in God you have life, in, in Satan you, have, you die. That's kind of what it was with Eve in the garden, wasn't it? He says, oh, you won't surely die. What a liar he was. Because they died spiritually that day, and then they died physically. It was later on, but it started the very day they sinned, okay? And so, when you serve Baal, you will die. So, let's go back to Hosea 11, and let's look at 1 and 2. It says, When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. And as they called them, so they went from them, and they sacrificed unto Balaam, and they burned incense to graven images. So over and over, we see this. At one time, they they served God, but then they got off track, and they started serving Satan. Okay? And so, um, turn over to Judges 3 and verse 7. So it just didn't start in the book of Hosea, that's what I'm trying to point out here. And Judges chapter three. I should have kept my finger there when we were there earlier. What's that? One thing about it, we're getting our exercise with our Bible. <laughs> this is what I like, though. Okay, Judges chapter three and verse seven. Is that where I said to go? Yes. Okay. Says. And the children of evil did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and they served Balaam and the groves. Now again, this is back in the book of Judges. So the Israelite people, the Jewish people, are just like us. They are very short-sighted. I mean, you can go from victory to... How do you go from serving God in the next generation they're going to serve Satan? It happens.
1: It seems like whenever they had a spiritual godly leader, they
0: followed him, but when they didn't, they just went. You're reading reading my notes, Rex. Because everything (laughs) rises and falls on leadership. Mm -hmm. And really, and let me add to that, how many of you have heard that here at this church? Have you heard Brian say that? Randy say that? Everything rises and falls on leadership Mm -hmm. as long as that leadership is following the Lord. Okay? And so the pastor's job is what? It is to lead the people. It's not to do what the deacon say. And I know that firsthand. <laughs> Wrong. I mean I learned it hard. No, I already knew it and I still learned it. It's like I kept going back to it all the time. The pastor's job is to lead and and the people, not to follow the people. Okay? And and God puts checks and balances in there. Uh, he needs to do that, not being a dictator, but he needs to show the people why and from the Word of God. Which we have a pastor that's like that. But he is to lead the church, and when he's obeying God, things would go well. But when that leader does not, things go down the tubes very quickly. So that's you know that's why we have seven pastors here because if one of them gets outlined, we'll just knock him off. We still got six. <laughs> I'm on tape. I'm going to get it for that. <laughs> Uh, if anybody's listening, they'll go, Bob, had said that on tape. They wouldn't knock him off. Uh, uh, but there is safety in numbers, and yes. And so if, if one of our pastors did get up and say, no, you know the Bible says this, but we're going to do this, um, I think the rest of the church, if not the rest of the pastor team, are going to take that guy out back. And that's the way it should be. So everything rises and falls on leadership as long as that leader is following the Lord. Exactly what you said, exactly what we see in judges. Because God would raise these judges up and they'd obey God and then as soon as that judge died, they'd go back in their sinful ways. We're in the book of Hosea where they were following Jeroboam and then all the kings after him. And we found out on our list up here that every one of those kings did what was wrong. Okay, so we're going to look at some of these. Uh, And... uh, we're going to see these more next week with the kings but number 1 Solomon obeyed God at the first now he was a good king he followed God at the first but then he went and served other kings i mean other gods and remember what it was in his life in his in his life that cost him to do that it was women it was all those uh, no it wasn't just one woman it was all the rest of the women right that's why you only one wife, guys. One wife. Okay, I think you guys got that. I'm talking to the choir here. different religion, I think. Yeah. I don't know what. And so let's go back and look at it. I know we we've been there before. So let's go back to First Kings and let's look at this again. And remember, I went through this earlier in Hosea. Why did God take the kingdom and split the kingdom? Was it because? Rehoboam was a jerk and he wouldn't give in to those guys, you know, from the 10 northern tribes and, and lessen their taxes. And No, it was the fact that his father Solomon sinned against God. And God says, I'm taking the kingdom from you and splitting it up. You'll have two tribes and then the 10 northern tribes will be a nation. And he sets up Jeroboam, which is on our list here, which does the same thing. Starts out good, ends up bad. Um, so we, we need to realize that we need to start out bad and end up good. But here are two guys that went, I think Solomon got right with God, I can't really tell. But let's go back to 1 Kings 10 and let's read 1 through 10. It says, and when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon, oh, I'm in the wrong one. I need to go to 11, 1 through 10. Thank you for telling me that. But it's either going to be really good or really bad when you hit, see those words in the Bible. Because when you see those words, you need to hold on to yours, probably. But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the Pharaoh. Of Pharaoh, I'm sorry, together with the daughter of Pharaoh. Women of the Moabites, Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, and the Hittites, and of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come into you, for surely they will turn away your heart after other. Gods. And Solomon clave unto these in love, and he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. And then did Solomon build a high place for Chemish, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods." And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Okay? Wherefore the Lord, verse 11, said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant... See, he had to do something. Just like we talked about earlier, you have to do something in the old testament to keep to get god's promises and his blessings which was to keep his word or his covenant and thou hast not kept my covenant verse 11 and my statutes which i have commanded thee i will surely rend the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servant so the fact that that solomon obeyed god at the first but he went and he served other gods and because of that god took the kingdom from his son okay and then we have Jeroboam that pops up. Number two on your list there. Jeroboam was the first king of the, of the ten nations that we're studying here. And at the beginning he was a good guy. He obeyed what God said. But as soon as he became king, he set up two golden idols, two calves. And the reason he did that was, was because he said, if the people go back to Jerusalem to worship there, they'll forget who I am. They'll overthrow me. They'll. Co- he set up a false religion to keep his power. That's what he did. Men will go to all lengths to keep the power they have. They will go to murder. They will go to false religion. They will go to anything to do that. Okay. So we're already in First Kings, but let's not take my word on it. Let's go over to chapter twelve and let's read twenty six to thirty three. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return into the house of David, and if this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam king of Judah, and they shall kill me, and go again to Rehoboam king of Judah." Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Well, that was not true. And he set up the one in Bethel and the other one he put in Dan and this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan and he made houses of high priests so he made priests of the lowest of the people it says and he did everything was a sham and I'm like what a mess here's what I don't understand why did the people go with it they knew what was right and they just followed Jeroboam how do you go from serving God to going down and bowing down to a ca- to a statue of a bull? I don't know how that happens, but it does. Okay. Follow the they followed the leader all the way to the scene of the crash. You know, in verse twenty-eight, it looks like
1: he should have got better counsel, a different counsel. Yeah. He took counsel and mm-hmm. made it. Not oh, very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So C on your handout says, their sins continue to get worse and worse back in Hosea. Uh, Verse 2 says, And now they sin more and more and have made them molten images. And and once you start to sin, it's like telling a lie. How many in here have ever told a lie? Okay, I'm just seeing how many truthful people I have. Catherine hasn't told a lie, but she's laughing, so I'm guessing (laughs) she has. We've all lied, right? Because we're sinners. Yep. Yeah. Did you ever tell a lie and then you had to start telling other lies because you told the first lie? Mm, yeah. That's just how it goes. Once you tell a lie, once you sin, it's just like going around and around down that toilet. I mean, it's just going down. Okay? Oops, I forgot that I told somebody that. Oh, what did I tell them? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, what's that song going down, down, down? What song am I thinking Why of, Carrie? Johnny Cash. Going, no, that's a good one, but no, this is a more, oh well. It'll pop to me later, probably two day, Probably Tuesday it'll pop up in my mind. Really I had a really good illustration about this. <laughs> don't let me down. What, what is that song? That's an ELO song, isn't it? Yes. There we go. Yeah, don't bring me down. I'm sorry. Well, your own sin will bring you down. Okay, so Jeroboam obeyed the beginning and then he stopped. And that's how a lot of people are. How many of you know Christians that that were involved that, that were involved in church was doing what's right and then they just go off? Yeah. Pastors,
1: some from here
0: Yeah it's like, and, okay, so get me now I'm on a rant here, and you know they can kick me out of here if they want, but here's the deal: why would you go off and go to a church that doesn't teach God's word? Exactly
1: when you know better.
0: Yeah, and we've seen it happen over and over and over. You would never dream. Yes, it like what? You you have taught the King James Bible, the Word of Truth, and you now you're over at a different group, and maybe you're still using it, and the rest of them don't, and that doesn't bother you. There's a problem going on here. So when you continued, when you begin to sin. It starts getting worse and worse, just like we're seeing here. And so they're doing idols. As their sins get worse and worse, and their idols become... Let me give you... What do you think goes in your blank? I'm just going to ask you guys. What goes in your blank? Their idols become a... Resource. Uh, yeah, resources. Business.
1: Business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For craftsmen and a source of money... It's us read verse 2. And now they sin more and more and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding, all of it the work of the craftsmen. So where, where do we see that word craftsman in the Bible at in the New Testament? In Acts 19, 24 and 25. Oh, you're so smart, Di. You're just so <laughs> smart. Okay, let's turn over to Acts 19. Was
1: right there. <laughs> I got
0: to I gotta, I gotta stop setting you guys up. She just right ahead. That's what it was. Acts chapter 19 and verse 24 and 25 says,
1: You asked
0: the question. I know. What? For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain in to the craftsman. Guys, hurt? We were just reading
1: about that the other day.
0: Whom he called together with workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Mm-hmm. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul, this Paul, can you imagine him seeing it? This Paul, <laughs> Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands. So that not only is our craft in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple. Now, notice what he mentions first. He goes, yeah, So that not only are crafts in danger to be set at naught, but also this great temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. He basically says, Hey, he is going against our wealth and then the great goddess Diana. <laughs> It's a business for them. Okay. Same thing, back with these idols. You think the two golden bulls that they made was the only ones they had? No. I'm sure it wasn't. Their idols became a business. Now, turn over to Revelation eighteen and verse twenty two. Yes, eighteen twenty two. And Mark, I'm going to have you read that for me, if you would.
1: And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all of thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all
0: of in thee. Okay, so it's talking about craftsmen there. And so that's going to kind of tie into my next point number two there. Back in Hosea, they are told to kiss the calves. Now, does that seem like a weird thing in the Bible, Hosea? Uh, at the end of verse 2, it says, Let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. What's that mean? They were to go up and kiss the idol. They're worshiping this idol. Where do you think they kissed him at? Where would you kiss a bull? Anybody ever kiss a bull in here? No. If I did, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. on, the on the forehead, you sure you wouldn't want to do it on the back? I mean, come on, kiss the calf. Mm-hmm. And and you think about this now. What's that mean to kiss? Here, to kiss the calves means to give obeisance to the calf. What does that mean? I had to look that up. So in your in your handout it says to kneel. To give submission. So you go up to this idol, this bull, and you kiss him and you fall on your knees and you give him submission and honor. Mm-hmm. You are submitting yourself to the statute. Okay? Now, in your handout it says, People today kneel and kiss the Pope's ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that bother you? It bother me. Weird. Yeah, I'll come up. In fact, I think our own—I I don't know if it's—we've had presidents do that before when they meet the the pope mm-hmm. to kiss his ring. And I don't know if they bow down or not. Well, oh, they kind of have to, I think, because he's—he puts it down like this. So you, Probably. you come and kiss my ring, like, like and I'm like. Oh, come um, kiss um. My ring. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I'm like, yeah, come in. I got something you can kiss, Pope, but it ain't going to be... But, but guess here's what I wrote in the handout there. It says, thee will do the same thing to the Antichrist mm-hmm. and to his image that the craftsman mm-hmm. will fabricate in the near future. Not only that, when and, and in fact, let's go there. <laughs> Revelation 13. Revelation 13 and verse 15. Let's back up to verse 14. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life To the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the beast should be killed. Okay, I have a question.
1: Yes. Okay, right there in 14, um, it said they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword. Jesus Christ had a wound with a sword.
0: That's true. Well,
1: yeah, they tried to. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of when,
0: when I read a wound with the sword. Okay. Jesus had a wound with the sword. Right. So the no, Antichrist. I mean, is, the, a... Right. The Antichrist will try to mimic everything that Christ did. Yeah, they're, okay. they
1: are trying to make people think that He is Christ.
0: That, and people will believe that. Yeah. But what I'm pointing out is there is going to be an image made of this mm-hmm. beast. And I would say there's probably going to be more than one. I would say the craftsmen are probably going to make a business of making images. They they can sell to ship around the world so everybody has their own little Mm -hmm. statue of the beast that they can kiss and bow down to. Whoa. Do you see how satanic this is? There's nothing new under the sun. And so... (laughs) What's, What's
1: that? that Brian says that mind. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did that thought come to my mind?
0: Which thought? About the word. It's just one more thing that connects. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hadn't really thought of that, but I mean everything just you just start connecting the dots. You read the Bible, you, you read it over and over, and every time God will give you something else, the book of Hosea is going to give you a little details. Now, see, you wouldn't think about studying what will happen with the Antichrist and his idol by going to Hosea. Mm-hmm. But that's what's happening in Hosea. They're doing it to these bulls, which is just a representation of what will happen with the Antichrist. Okay, So, let me keep going, and I've and got just a few minutes, so I'm going to have to stop. Uh, point number two, Ephraim's time is limited, back in Hosea 13. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. I know I'm bouncing you all over the place. So his time is limited because you're going to see. Verse 3 says, Therefore they shall be, what's the next word? As, as what is as? Remember, we studied that last week in uh, chapter 12 and verse 10. Just on go up the page. Go up to chapter 12 and verse 10. It says, I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes. A similitude was like an example. So he's, he's using them right here. He says, and they shall be as the morning cloud. There's a comparison. Because you are sinning and going away from me, this and your time is limited, you're going to be like, you're going to be as the morning cloud. Okay? And then he goes, You're going to be you shall be as the early dew. C says, and they shall be as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind. Whirlwind is another, it's a is a example, another similitude of of the second coming, okay? In Daniel 21.35, and I'm going to wrap this up and we'll kind of go back to it next week. Verse uh, D says, "...they shall be as the smoke out of the chimney." Now, all of these are unstable substances that are blown about with the wind, okay? They're here one minute and they're gone the next, and, it's, and we're going to look at, in fact, we'll go back over this a little bit next week. It's a deceiving wind that's going to be blowing all these. And so basically, God's trying to tell them, your time is short because you have put your trust in the wrong God. G-O-D goes in that last blank. He's like, get the picture, guys. You guys shall be as the morning cloud, the early dew, the chaff, and the smoke out of the chimney, because you have disobeyed my words, you're going to be gone, just like that. So, okay.
1: in this instance, would the G be capitalized or not?
0: Um, Whichever, which at at, on my handout? What's the last one, yeah. Well, that depends, because there's only one true God. Yeah, and so that's the big G. Uh, and that's the big... But they're putting their trust in the... Small g. Oh, they
1: are? Yeah. yeah.
0: Small g. God. Ephraim has put their trust in the wrong God. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's kind of a
1: yeah. one way
0: or the other. As long as we realize the idols are the small gods and capital G is the big God. So we'll, we'll pick up there uh, for next week. And we're going to get into this passage on, for verse 4 where the Lord tells them that, that he's the only God. And he is the Lord, and he is Jehovah, and he is the Savior, and he is Christ, which again is a reference to what? The Trinity. Again, second time in the book, we see this reference to the Trinity, and he says, You're, you're trusting in the wrong God because you've got to trust in the God, in the true God, and he, the true God, is the only Savior which links them all together. So we'll study that out a little bit more next week. So why don't we pray and we'll move on to uh, the main service and uh, we'll go from there. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth in your word. We thank you for those little golden nuggets that you put in there for those of your servants that study them out. So, Lord, help us to, to when we read our Bible, to, to get the context. Help us to see the application of what's going on historically, uh, inspirationally, and, and prophetically, Lord, so that when we um, see the news, when, when we see the things going on around the world, Lord, that we can have an idea of what's going to happen because you've already told us. So I pray that we would put our faith and our trust in you. Because you are the only true God and you are the only Savior. So we we know that and we just want to admit that. So I pray for uh, everyone here this week. Lord, give us a good week. Give us the words to say to the people that need to hear it around us. Let us be an example um, of Christ to the people around us. And Lord, again, we pray for the service, memorial service on Tuesday. And we just pray that uh, you'd give... Uh, Brian, the words to say then, as well as the words to say in the main service, and we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You know all right.
1: How people kiss the Barney Stone in Ireland. Yeah. I don't know how I don't
0: know that came about. You You know how people kiss.